0: So there's always a bit of a delay, but it looks like we are live in the
1: Facebook group. Um, and I need to do one other thing, as I just realized, Made it, make an adjustment. Okay, here we go. So everyone, welcome to the monthly conversation that Beth, Shakina, and I record in our Facebook group, Energetic Explorations for Evolution. Every month, we choose a theme based on the astrology season we are in and the things that we notice that are revolving around us in our personal and professional lives. And the theme for Libra season is balancing self and others, relating, collaborating, and harmonizing. So welcome to everyone. And Beth, do you want to say hello before I go in? And sure, something? yeah.
2: Welcome, everybody. We're excited uh, to be here with you and explore uh, Libra season and um, the changing season from um, summer into autumn. We just moved through the equinox and uh, anything that bubbles up. <laughs> it's very organic in our, um, we have some ideas when we start, uh, but then, you know, sometimes things come up. So, um, that's part of energetic explorations for evolution, just being open to what, uh, what arises in the moment. So we're excited to explore with you today.
1: Mm, thank you. And, and yes, I, I want to just begin by saying that Beth and I use astrology as a tool that is like an energetic weather report. And I was thinking about that just as my daughter Liz bought her toddler sun cooper some rain boots and a rain jacket for walks in the fall beth and i look at the position of planets and we tune in for how to enjoy the season and use this current astrology season so i want to talk about that a little bit and then i'm going to share a story um one of the astrologers who i follow is named heather endsworth and it just happened that her newsletter came today and i thought oh she really reinforced the theme that beth and i had tuned into um when she heather wrote about the final full supermoon of the year on september 29th which is tomorrow as we are doing this live so the sun is in libra the moon is in aries with Pluto in Capricorn continuing to square the north node in Libra and the south node in Libra and the north node in Aries. So in other words, the full moon is calling us to look at where we are out of balance in our lives and to ask questions like, how can I heal this and shift into more alignment with my true self? So I can express myself in ways that foster harmony, one of our words, within myself and in relationship to others. So in other words, our theme, the question could be, how can I balance myself and others while relating, collaborating, and harmonizing And personally, for me, as a Libra sun and a Pisces rising, which focuses on oneness and merging, I can tell you that this is an ongoing gift and challenge. Libra is, as Beth and I've been exploring this, Libra is the season that moves us from I to we. The first sign in astrology is Aries, which has a strong I, a strong sense of self. And then Libra is the shift to a focus on the we. How does this action affect us, not just I? Both I and we are important in collaboration. So when you know who you are and what gifts and talents you bring to the collaboration, you come from a place of supporting the connection between you and the other. And I've been thinking about how it's like the Vesica Pisces in Sacred Geometry, where two individual circles then come together and there's a little bit of a crossover and there's still the individuation, but there's this overlap that is the connection. So I'm gonna just share a personal story I, about me living house-free. And this is, so I live a house-free digital nomad lifestyle with a mailbox in Santa Monica. California, and I have a small storage unit there. And after nine years of doing this, I also have a drawer at one of my friend's homes in Seattle, and I leave a small suitcase there with some of my personal items. And since 2021, I have a bedroom in one of my daughter's homes for part of the time in Baltimore with bookcases, a bed, a work table, and drawers for seasonal Clothing changes. So living house free began in 2014 after living in a house with seven to 10 adults for a year and deciding that I was going to take one year to live with women who had been authors in my Heal My Voice leadership book programs. And now, nine years later, I've continued to have different experiences of pet sitting, house sitting, living in Airbnbs. I have even couch surfed or slept on um, air mattresses (laughs) and also living with friends and family in the United States and Sweden. When I look at it, this nomadic lifestyle was actually instilled from a young age because as a child, my family moved 12 times by the time I was 15 years old. My dad was in the Marines, and then he worked for Pillsbury, and every time he was promoted, we would move to a different part of the United States. And even in those moves, my parents also bought and sold our homes, and that meant moving to different school systems within the same area, even when my dad wasn't transferred. So as a child, it was a challenge to balance Um, school, living with family and self-care that my introverted creative self really needed. And no one taught me or modeled it. And so I learned to get sick and whenever I needed space and time alone. And my mother even tells stories about how I'd have these mystery fevers and sleep for a week and then I would be fine. And, you know, that, but that was the only way my body knew How to check out and rest. So, one of the things, one of the challenges of living a house free lifestyle is finding the balance between social group time and my need for individuation of work and self care. So, I'm 66 years old, I'm a widow, I'm the mother of three adult daughters, um, a son who died at 19 months, and three grandchildren. And so I love to write and create. And it's easy for me to dive deeply into the art of creating all day and all night. And, you know, that can mean researching, studying, writing, and coaching. When I'm alone in an Airbnb or um, house sitting, I can sleep and eat at any time of the day and night. If I'm on a roll with writing, I don't need to stop. I can get up in the middle of the night when I have an idea and I just let it flow. But when I'm staying with friends and family, there's another rhythm to the house, which involves interacting with each other around a meal or helping with chores and activities. So I live these two different lives. I live the life of an independent woman and increased at times with this interdependence. So, just wanted to say that because no matter whether you live alone or you live with other people, finding balance and alignment is important and it's an ongoing practice. So, right now, I have six more weeks in Baltimore where I'm living in the home of my daughter, Liz, her husband, Chris, my grandson, Cooper, and their two sweet pit bull dogs, Violet and Hendrix. And when we're all home, working and living, it's a lively household. I also have a daughter, Mary, who lives um, one and a half miles from here with her husband, Jesse, my granddaughter, Lucille, and any day now, a grandson. So I do an assessment with every few days to check in on the balance between working, interacting with my family and self-care. And this might be a body scan where I'm just you know, noticing where am I relaxed or holding tension in my body and just doing a body scan or asking some questions like, what does my body need right now? But something I've noticed also is that part of my self-care is I need time to wander and explore to fill my creative well. And that can be laying in bed reading a book or walking in the neighborhood or going to a local coffee shop or um, museum and i'm telling you it's vital to my well-being and it is the number one practice that i seem to lose track of when i'm living with people now when i'm in california this november through february staying in an airbnb The balance will be to find ways to stay connected to my daughters, Mary and Liz, my three grandchildren in Maryland, my daughter, Hannah, and her dog, Emmy, in Los Angeles, while I'm immersed in writing for my incubator program. So, you know, as I said, I can get lost in this yummy place of creating, and I love it. Or I can be sitting in bed writing for too long without moving my body. So becoming isolated can be one of the ways that I get out of balance when I'm living alone. So I know that Zoom calls, FaceTime, and getting out into the world and talking with people is vital for my well-being. So this wandering need and the which I enjoy my company, you know, like I enjoy my creative time, but I can sometimes lose track of the importance of connection with others. So the key I have found, just to wrap this up before I turn this over to Beth, the key I've found is awareness and checking in with myself. So scheduling time to review and reflect, using a timer, using a calendar, deep listening, to just find ways to pause long enough to look at w- what has my schedule been this week? And it, does it feel like something is out of balance? And then making adjustments as I go into the next week, and just tuning in to how my body and my nervous system feel. Okay, so Beth, I'm going to turn it over to you, knowing that you're going to also talk about Libra season and, you know, share even stuff that I've shared in your own way. (laughs) Okay, yeah, thank you, thanks for that. I love, um, you know, again,
2: I just always like to stress um, when we start these lives that um, we, after many years of conversation and exploration as friends and collaborators um, found, you know, this is like talking about these kinds of things and tuning in is something, you know, we're always doing. And we anchored it with the astrological signs and seasons, because it just felt like that was a good way to be in tune in an energetic way. Um, but this group's uh, not all about astrology. It's really about energy. And we're also tuned into the seasons. And so um, just you know, to be aware of it, it's just a way um, to really tune into your own energy and uh, the energy of others, nature, and the collective as well. So uh, so thanks for that, Andrea. That was really, um, I love how you talked about, you know, needing to have, well, not even needing to have that you fall into different rhythms <laughs> based on your environment and, and things like that and needing to make adjustments. And um, so when just thinking about um, moving into Libra season and the um, symbol of Libra is the scale, so it's naturally about you know equilibrium. It always occurs um, you know right around the time of the autumn equinox, and so and that's a natural point of balance. You know we always hear that you can stand an egg on it uh, on its uh, end uh, on the day or the moment of the equinox, so it is a point of balance and um, and up until this point um in the movement through the signs we've been focused more on ourselves as an individual and now moving towards looking towards other and others as we move into more collective energies um so just to be aware of that and um uh i have so many thoughts about (laughs) about this i like I've uh, been really enjoying just even beginning to dive in, and so our theme of balancing self and other, relating, collaborating, and harmonizing our energies—you know—that are sort of inherent in Libra and that in that um, in that relationship with balance and the exploration of that. Um, you know, earlier on, I think it was during, might have been during a couple different months, we talked about doing mirror work. Um, as a way to connect with yourself and also offer love and compassion to yourself in a way I started thinking about it and in terms of Libra in a way um, rather than looking you know into the mirror and in our own eyes we're looking into and through the eyes of another or or others and so we're wanting to um, just expand our worldview out from our own sometimes the word limited perspective comes in, it's just our perspective, but it's through the lens of our personal experiences um, and challenges. And so um, beginning to just be more open to seeing through the eyes of others and their journeys and opinions um, can help us understand and help us, um, I guess, explore and navigate relationships with the others. But it's also a way of just expanding our awareness and our consciousness as well. So, um, and I always feel like in Libra, there's definitely a bit of, um, sort of that playful energy. Everybody I know who's a Libra and including Andrea, um, has, uh, and some of my best friends have been, uh, Libras, including my good friend, Bud. Uh, and, um, just there's a bit of a curious, playful, you know, energy that life. Uh, Andrew talks a lot, and I think has written a lot about life as an experiment, and so I think that that's something we can do and explore during this time in terms of our, um, you know, ourselves and our relationships and how they help us um, to live in that way. Um, and I wanted to yeah, just touch on a little bit more about the equinox. Um, so, we last week had the autumn equinox. Um, and it is, uh, you know, it's the it, Libra is also a cardinal sign, which means it's, um, it's a new beginning, the beginning of the season and the three months leading to winter solstice. Is, you know, we're in this new container of energy. Um, That's a little different than where we've been from back in June from the summer solstice until now. And um, so, you know, one I like to say, you know, these types of energies are things that uh, human beings have been in touch with for millennia in different cultures and traditions and in our modern culture. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are connected to it, but it's easier to be disconnected in general from the natural world and from these shifting seasons and rhythms. And so um, so it's an opportunity when we tune in um at this time to just really notice what's happening energetically within ourselves and in uh in nature and in in, in those around us. And so um at summer solstice, um that is Actually, it's interesting, we talked about this, it's uh, leading up to it where the energy is the most expansive it is of the whole year, or Yang, as we might say, in uh, you know, the uh, Chinese medicine concept of yin and yang, being inward, uh, yin being inward, yang being outward. And so we've been sexually through the summer, very gradual going in, and now we've hit that um, that balancing point between the most yang, the most outer, the most expansive energies uh, to a midpoint and then we'll be moving towards the most yin on winter solstice uh, December around December 21st and that's the most inner most contracted time. In a way it's almost as if uh, we disappear, <laughs> go into the void, into the darkness in a way we think about fall and we could see, um, you know, the leaves start to fall and plants die off. And it's in a way it's a death in, in um, Chinese medicine and other traditions, grief is very much associated with the fall. Um, so now is a point to tune into that energetically because it is really something I, from my personal experience and in working uh, with others for many years that, um, can have a really strong impact on people. And when it, without awareness, sometimes it's very hard to navigate. It can be natural to have feelings um, feelings of overwhelm around this time, intense emotions, definitely feelings of loss and grief surfacing. And as we move towards um, the, later in the month, um, you know, many traditions honor um, It is a time when the veils are most thin, the veils between our world and the spirit world. And so um, uh, it's said that often, you know, there's the um, Halloween and the uh, (laughs) Dia del Muerte, can't get it out right now, the Day of the Dead in the uh, Mexican (laughs) tradition and um, All Saints Day that it's a time where our ancestors' um, spirits are getting closer to our uh, material human realm. And so we might be feeling or having memories of ancestors or um, just feeling those energies. And so um, it's a time to really, uh, you know just kind of be present and notice. And um, we're gonna share some practices as we move forward Um, because I guess guess what I wanna say about that is I'm kind of talking (laughs) what may seem uh, on the more spiritual side of things and energetic things in terms of, um, of the veils being thin and, and being impacted by other energies. But it's just combination between the contraction of energy, um, during this transition towards winter, um, where everything's getting more compressed inside of ourselves that can, you know, kind of create some intensity. And then that, that, um, being perhaps impacted by the energies of spirit a bit more, um, that can really cause, you know, a lot of disturbance and again, overwhelm, uh, anxiety, uh, grief. And so, um, that even though that's emotional and energetic, um, it has an impact on our nervous system and there's just a relationship. It's all connected body, mind, emotion, spirit. Um, so, but it, so there's kind of a uh, interplay. Our, our nervous system can be in a heightened state, which it, it often is just living in our modern world and based on our personal experiences. Um, and so it's a good time to be able to attend to ourselves in that way and find ways we can, we can settle our system and um, also strengthen our energy field. Um, for particularly, I think people who are maybe more empathic might feel more impacted at this time. And that's tending to pick up on emotions and energies of others. Um, but I, I think everybody you know, experienced this, this on some level. So we'll talk about some simple ways to kind of help to nurture your nervous system. I um, gave a presentation this week on um, the Bach flower remedies, which are one of the tools that I use in my shamanic and uh, holistic practice. And um, So having different tools to use like rock flowers can also help balance emotions and nourish um, or fortify your energy system. So you might wanna explore things like that. There's um, even one remedy called rescue remedy, which is just uh, a a blend for acute stress. um, And when um, you just need some support in terms of balance. So um, I think that that's all I wanna say. Um, Oh, one more thing, Andrea, sorry. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: The last thing I wanted to say was, I know last month our theme was connected to harvesting. And, you know, I think this season as we move into Libra um, in many traditions in different parts, there is still a harvesting time. And we are gathering, you know, um, what we seeded in spring and nurtured and grew in summer, um, certainly, you know, on the physical level. Um, but it is a good time also to reflect on our, you know, just what personal growth we've had this year or our professional growth, uh, and maybe begin to kind of gather what we've learned from that and ideas that we're going to begin to plant for next year. So it's not quite time to plant them for next year, um, it, unless you feel guided to. <laughs> but I think sometimes now is that a time to be gathering. In fact, you know, a lot of times seeds are gathered. Um, from the soil to hold you know for the next season so I invite you to begin to gather those seeds in your own life okay pass it back to you Andrea
1: Mm, I love that thank you um, for all of that it really as I was listening to you Beth just as much as we talk about this is a container that we use is the astrology what's the season that we're in it's also clear that we're also really tuned into the nature cycles and mm-hmm. whether it's focusing on the equinox or the solstice energy, and hearing you talking about seeds, you know, planting and, and all of that, just notice the language that we use is really connected to the land and that we are part of that and we're in this, this cycle. So part of balancing is also looking at you know are there things that you're trying to do outside right now that actually belong in another season and so it's like looking within for that and seeing how nature is reflecting to us all the time um yeah our it's like our 31 days of connecting to the land is just okay. continuing in our conversations Definitely, <laughs> um, you know which is a program that beth and i did this summer So anyway, just kind of turning our attention to, as Beth was talking about the practices that, you know, every month we share something that isn't energetic and uh, there've been meditations, there've been other practices we've used, but we really wanted to talk about supporting and strengthening our nervous systems. And in preparing for that, I know that both of us were thinking about our individual practices that we use And I also really looked up um, videos and articles that either we've written and or created or that other people have and so we'll be sharing more of those this this month of practices that go into a little more detail uh, for regulating your nervous system but I just today wanted to put some words to this thing called the vagus nerve and so There's there's words out here that you hear about with regulating your nervous system, vagus nerve, parasympathetic. Um, So I'm just gonna give you a little of information about that. So we all have one vagus nerve that travels down each side of our bodies from the lower part of the brain, through the neck, to the chest and stomach. It is connected to your heart, Lungs, liver, kidneys. Um, I don't know if I said stomach, large and small intestines. The word vagus actually means wandering. And so, if you did a Google search on vagus nerve and you looked at it, it looks like a plant system. <laughs> you know, another thing that reflects that we are nature. We have this plant system within us. I've heard so I heard someone recently describe it as kind of a net that goes down our body. And so when the vagus nerve is stimulated, electrical impulses travel to areas of the brain, and it is responsible for the regulation of our internal organ functions, such as digestion, heart rate, and respiratory rate, as well as other activities, certain reflex actions like coughing, sneezing, swallowing. I mean, it's a it's an important part of our body that I don't know. I didn't learn about it at, when I was younger. It took took um, being involved with trauma and looking for practices where I started to really learn about it more. So using practices that engage with the vagus nerve activates this thing called the parasympathetic nervous system. And it what it does is it soothes times where you would feel unsafe, anxious, stressful, you know, some words we use are a fight or flight response, a freeze or fawn response. And so you may have heard this term regulating your nervous system. So it's all connected there. And I you know I encourage you if if you feel like you want to go down a rabbit hole of information, <laughs> search on the vagus nerve on YouTube, on Google, you'll find exercises, we will post some of those in the group. Um, And things that focus on massaging your ear, your belly, even your feet. So one key for me has been body practices that increase my inner connection. And And I do believe it is about this connection to the vagus nerve, this connection to my nervous system. So I'm going to just share three quick things that I do, and then I'll hand it over to Beth, who I know has a lot of experience with this. and feel free to redefine some of the things I've been sharing, Beth, or share in your own words. Um, but one thing that I do is a uh, the the scan, the body scan. And that's just a way for me to slow down close my eyes, start at the top of my head. And you can do this with just some gentle breathing and just start to bring your attention to your body. and notice where you feel relaxed, where you feel tense, where you feel um, a sensation, you know, it could be pain, it could be excitement. So just doing that, and I, I will use this throughout the day in a way that really helps me pause and tune in to what's going on in this moment. And as I'm doing this scan, talking with you, but also tuned into my body, I can feel tingling on the bottom of my feet. You know, I could feel a little stress in one of my knees, a little tension there. And sometimes just putting the attention there of noticing like, oh, I feel tense there can begin a relaxation process. And then I'll just share one other one, actually, that I will do something where I place my hand on my heart or another part of my body, you know, maybe my belly, and I'll do um, slow, deep breathing but I like this uh, thing called the 5 two, 8 breath, where you
0: inhale for five seconds. Hold for two seconds. One, two, and then exhale for eight seconds. And that that just brings me into some regulation. And I feel
1: like that breathing out for eight seconds, like having it at that five to eight, brings in more, more relaxation, more letting go,
0: more of a soothing response for me. So Beth, when you're ready, I'm going to turn
1: it over to you to Clar- clarify. Share your own <laughs>
2: words. I'm so relaxed. I don't know if I can speak. <laughs> <laughs> so just to, just as a note, it really doesn't take very much. A couple of breaths, you know, a, a little bit of practice, and we can really uh, we have the power and capacity to shift from a. Uh, and certainly, if we're in an extreme fight or flight state, um, it might be might take more. But um, you know, in a general sort of state in the midst of our day it can it's really easy to just take a moment or a minute you know to create that shift um so thanks andrea you said you covered most everything i think i would um it was interesting because when you were talking about uh libra energy and that experience of uh, you know kind of needing to wander i was thinking i was thinking about that and i was thinking about you know vagus nerve and it you know it's i guess translation of having to do with being a a wanderer or wandering so that's kind of interesting we hadn't really decided on that that. as the (laughs) connection point for this time but it makes sense so (laughs) so um yeah so um and again i just like to stress (laughs) <laughs> that we, um, in addition to personal challenges and trauma and things that might have us in a heightened um, state of activation in our nervous system, living in the modern world in the way we do, um, just, you know, more disconnected from nature and um, surrounded by electronics on various levels. And. Um, even with, you know, the way lighting is, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes more difficult to, um, to get into that, um, parasympathetic nervous system state of rest and digest. So we really need to cultivate that and find ways. And then, and, and, you know, there's a lot of different ways like yoga and meditation, um, spending time in nature, exercise, um, laughing <laughs> so um, find some practices if you don't have them already or maybe you need to you know reconnect with them or up them a little bit this time of year um, again I, I think it's so important because we are in this period where we're again we're moving from the yang to the yin from the outer to the inner um, and summer towards winter and so it's natural that we're moving into a time of rest we want to be supporting our system in uh, in moving towards rest and create cultivating that. So, um, so I encourage you to do that this month and always. <laughs> um, and then again, particularly for people maybe tend to be highly sensitive or empathic um, and needing to kind of um, create more uh, fortification for yourself. So. Um, I also like to use, um, as Andrea shared, the 528, something called box breathing, which could be four, four, breathe in, in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four, and repeat, um, or simply extending the out breath. So, and since we did a little bit of a breath practice, um, I, I, I don't think I'll share that, but um, just to have that in mind, it can be as simple as breathing in for two and out for four for a few breaths, and then three, breathing in for three and out for six, and then uh, breathing in for four and out for eight. And anytime we extend the out breath, you don't even have to count. I think sometimes we get caught up in the counting and it can be beneficial. Um, but anytime you consciously extend that out breath, you're really helping to settle your nervous system as well as um, Andrea touched on to the, um, what we call belly or diaphragmatic breathing. We do tend to feel really shallow in our breath sometimes and it's up here in our lungs and our chest and we wanna, as much as we can, um, you know, kind of expand the breath into the belly Um, That's a great practice, particularly if you have trouble sleeping, to do before bedtime or any time you need to relax a bit more. Um, Let's see. So, um, oh, the one I wanted to maybe just share a little bit is that I find very beneficial um, is um, making sound. uh, It can be through chanting. Even just humming, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's hard to hear on the Zoom probably, Um, singing, Um, as I mentioned, laughing. So I like to do some ohms. Um, So I thought maybe we can can just do a few ohms um, together um, just to do that. So if you'd like, you could close your eyes or just have a soft gaze in front of you
0: and just take a slow, deep breath in. Oh um... And with, um, with chant, you can keep going if you want, you can pause, <laughs> sorry. Um,
2: it's good to allow yourself to feel, um, you know, the vibration in your throat, in your mouth, your um, neck, your shoulders, your ribs, you know, even maybe down into your belly. So um, I encourage you to explore that in some way. Um, and then I wanted to share just a few acu. I guess what I'd say acupressure things. Um, I, um, I'm not a practitioner of Jin Shin Jitsu, but it's one of the modalities that I use uh, or, or receive for my self-care and there's a whole self-healing um, component to it. And um, there were two things I wanted to share around that. One is, um, they have something called the finger holds and each finger, and this is kind of related, it's it's a different system uh, than acupuncture, but um, there's different acupressure points in in many different systems, even in yogic or Vedic systems, um, systems that work with meridians, um, that each finger has different points, maybe relates to different organs of the body. So you can actually hold each finger um, for just a few moments and relax and breathe and, uh, and you know, if you went through each finger on on one hand and then the other, you're relaxing your whole body. But the um, the index finger is actually most related to the nervous system. So invite right, you just hold your index finger for a moment. You'd like to close your eyes.
0: You can just breathe naturally. If you feel to, you can take some deeper breaths. Sometimes you'll feel a slight pulsing in that finger. And if you're clenching it, maybe just relax it a little bit. You're holding it, but not not clenching it, creating a connection. You can do one side as long as you feel, and then switch to the other side. And the pulsing, if you feel more pulsing and sometimes really a sign that there's, en- there's
2: energy moving and there's a connection being made. Okay, and um, so you can do that for a few moments or as long as you feel to. I, I often feel a, a shift when I do that one. And then I wanted to just share one last point I learned when I... Um, I've been a body energy worker for a long time when I first learned shiatsu. Um, It's called the palace of anxiety. It's right in the center of your palm. So you can just feel there, there's kind of a little indent. Um, Sometimes it feels a little tender. Um, You could just hold that point, or you can even like, I like to kind of massage it for a round of circles, maybe seven circles, and then hold it. And you can do that with eyes open or closed. But I I like that one because um, if you're in the middle of a meeting and you're feeling stressed, you can just have your hand on your lap and be doing the palace of anxiety. So, and it is, you don't have to, but I often find it is helpful to do one side and then the other. I think the nervous
0: system likes when we kind of create that balance. So those are some things I think we both, um, we were talking about sharing maybe some other um,
2: resources in the group this month to support that. Um, And I think that's everything I wanted to share there. Um, Oh, one thing, Andrew, I I just wanted to touch on, we're not gonna go into it much today is, um, but I think we'll we'll put some posts in the group as well. Um, that we do have two eclipses in October. It's considered uh, eclipse season, and um, and so um, one is October 14th around uh, the new moon, and one's at October 28th, which will actually be after we're out of Libra, um, but it's in the month of October, and um, and also in the middle of the month. Um, In Libra, the Sun and Mercury join. So they are, that's called a Kazemi, and it's kind of, uh, there's a a kind of renewal point at that point when there's, or invigoration point um, when that's happening. So we'll share about those things, but just to know that those are times, I guess, uh, where there's, you know, kind of intensity of energy and um, shifting energies and transformation and often can bring, um, bring, I would say awakening in new ways sometimes it's uh sometimes it's more intense so just to be aware of that and and we'll touch in on that a little bit more as the month goes on so anything else you want to add Andrea
1: yeah I wanted to add something um before I know that you're going to close us out with some poems quotes um the thing I was thinking about as you were talking and sharing the practices and. And the breathing that we were talking about there made me think about two things of this season. One is that I I love fall because as the leaves change, on the one hand, it's like, wow, there's something that was already existing there, these leaves. And then they transform into different colors. And it's like, wow, the possibilities for each of us, who we are, transforming into more of who we are, or, you know, another aspect. So there was that. And at the same time, as those leaves change colors, they also fall off. And this is a time where grief can surface. And so in that release of anything in our lives, even, even something that's like a limiting thought or a limiting belief, you know, as you release it, there is a level of grieving. The We go into this holiday season um, that's already started with the Jewish New Year being here and the um, Day of Atonement and that energy, it, it can also bring up grief. And so the the practices, the breathing, I mean, something I didn't know, I didn't really learn this until after my husband died and I'd already lost a son, I'd lost a brother I'd had other grief in my life, but I'd never knew that we have an automatic response in our bodies to actually have shallow breathing that the gr- grief can create a constriction and we're holding on to to this and so the breath exercises for regulating your nervous system is a way to like, fill up your lungs, to uh, release what what that emotion is, not to deny that it's there, but to actually create more room for it and to allow it to dissipate, allow it to fall off of you. So I just wanted to presence that from what you were saying and, and uh, yeah, shine a light on it one more time as we went through several circles of describing these practices at all so I'm I'm complete I will turn it over to you okay thanks yeah
2: and you know yeah just resonating with what you said um you know in Chinese medicine um in the autumn the the um there's um the lung and large intestine or the organs connected to um to the season and grief is the emotion and so but there is this sort of you know um That the idea of taking in and letting go um, are really present and so it's just kind of natural that definitely grief comes up at this time and there's an opportunity um, to release. Um, but also to notice, you know, being more conscious about what we're taking in, I think. So um, it's kind of interesting because that really seems like it relates to some of the activities of the nervous system (laughs) and even the enteric nervous system that's really connected to the digestive um, system. So anyway, lots to talk about.
1: (laughs) All right, I just have to say one other thing. I want to acknowledge the energy because as we... Have been preparing for this having several conversations i i didn't even realize how connected some of these things were. <laughs> i so know i, I so. encourage everyone follow the energy even when it doesn't you don't see the whole picture because coming together with beth and actually recording this i i can see how how intuitive clever we received insights you know it's just it's energetic.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Right. Yeah. I really so, am complete now.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, and, and you know, it's funny you say that not funny, but <laughs> I encourage everybody. Um, I have an, a good friend who we chat, you know, for lunch or coffee and she um, and uh, recently she was saying to me how it was years ago when, when we first started hanging out that I, I was, you know, I guess from my journey already kind of more in tune with you know the seasons and energy and things she's she's quite a bit younger than me um and uh that that's just something that you know she really enjoys you know in our conversations and that she's gotten more in tune with so i encourage everybody to you know have a find someone if you don't already you know who maybe you could do a check-in with or tune in about what's happening and what you're feeling you know as you move through the energy of you know, Libra and autumn, but really, you know, every season. Um, certainly, we, we, we do it in our group, and that's a big part of uh, part of our intention, but it's easy to sometimes feel like it's just you, and that, you know, you're the only one experiencing this, and, and uh, you know, we all experience our personal uh, iterations of things, but there's often a lot of collective energy um, and natural energy of the seasons and natural rhythms that it helps to be connected with others to stay in tune with it. So So we're glad you're here uh, today or watching the replay. Um, It'll be uh, posted on YouTube and in the Facebook group. And um, and we'll be sharing some other posts throughout the month, but you're always welcome to share any reflections, insights, comments in the group. Uh, We look forward to that. And so I had a couple, um, poem a couple, lines I've pulled up to share related to the season to close us out for today. Um, Let's see which one to read first. Um, uh, Okay, Uh, I'll read this one first. It's by Percy, uh, by uh, Shelley. I'm never sure if I say it right. (laughs) There is harmony in autumn and a luster in its sky, which through the summer is not heard or seen, as if it could not
0: be, as if it had not been. And I'll read this one next. It's
2: called Wim Wood by Catherine Towers. In the coppery halls of beech and intricate oak to be close to the trees as they whisper together, let fall their leaves
0: and we die for the winter. Uh, And last is by Hal Borland says, for the
2: fall of the year is more than three months bounded by an equinox and a solstice. It is a summing up without the finality of years end. It is a summing up without the finality of years end. I love that. So so enjoy the journey, (laughs) the journey inward. Thank you all. We'll
0: see you next month Mm -hmm. and in the Facebook group. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.